Welcome to Artistic Beginnings. I'm Mitch. And I'm Melody. We're siblings who grew up working in the entertainment industry and were deeply impacted by the arts. I'm a professional actor, singer, and dancer working in Los Angeles and New York, still pursuing an artistic career. I, on the other hand, am no longer pursuing that career. I went on to become a researcher, though I'm still involved in the creative industry. Artistic Beginnings is all about the winding artistic paths that creatives follow in their lives. We share these inspirational stories with you so that you can learn and grow as a creative. So let's get into it. Who am I? Who is this person? Um, hi, guys. I am Jody Moore Lewis, an actress in Los Angeles and a great friend of the Hollis family. All of us. <laughs> All of them, literally. Yes, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, literally. Like. <laughs> no, but honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten gifts from your parents. It's been fabulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I barely yeah. get gifts from our parents. <laughs> I got a yummy rosé after I got married. Boom. Oh, yeah, that's, that's so right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. And you did vocal lessons with our dad. I know. Truly, I do miss truly doing those. Like part of the fam. Oh, I love that. I'm honored. An honorar- <laughs> honorary. An honorary <laughs> member. Honorary. Uh, honorary halai. Yeah, that, that's what, what you're called now. There you go. Perfect. I love it. Awesome. Oh I want it God. engraved on my tombstone. Is that a little dark? <laughs> I'm starting a side <laughs> business. So, uh, okay. <laughs> Of engraving tombstones? Is that your side you got, business? You have to read the times. Is that a little bit dark? Oh, <laughs> no. We went there and it's barely been two minutes. I know. It's great. It's great. Um, anyway, so Jody, how did you yeah. get started in the arts? I feel like I started in the womb. I was like a little dancing child. I just like came out wanting to like perform and be seen. And I started in like more like musical theater, like singing, dancing, combining it both and doing it on stage, things like that. But my Los Angeles career really started eight years ago when I moved out here to specifically concentrate on acting. And I kind of just drove out here from North Carolina and hit the ground running, took classes, found myself an agent, all that good stuff. Hopped around agencies for a little bit until you find like your team, your mm-hmm. true team. And um, yeah, the rest is still doing it. <laughs> cool. Did you go to school for acting? No, I did not. So I did not study acting when I was graduating high school, or I guess a little bit before graduation because you choose your college before then. But I just remember being like, I think I need to do something more practical with my life. Like, let's be real, Jody. Don't go after your dreams. Like basically just talking myself down. So I studied communications and marketing at North Carolina State. And I had a job in fashion for a couple years, which was really cool and exciting. And I got to travel around the United States. I went to New York a lot. I even went to India and London and and I realized with the possibilities with that I, and having such like a cool quote unquote cool job where I had all this fun things to like work on I wasn't truly fulfilled mm-hmm. and I remember sitting in like a hotel room maybe in Missouri <laughs> Gotta love Missouri. (laughs) Gotta love Missouri. Because, you know, I went around all of America. And I was watching like the Kids' Choice Awards or People's Choice Awards, something not like extravagant like the Oscars. And I just remember being really sad. And I started crying and I was like 22. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like so dramatic in my hotel room by myself, probably drinking wine. And I was like, I need to do something. I need to make a change. And I jumped into acting class in in Raleigh, which Raleigh is such a great community with acting because the Southeast has a lot going on. Oh, yeah. It's so close to Atlanta. Even when I'm in North Carolina, I have a place to go do self-tapes and get coached, which is really great. That's nice. 
But um, yeah, it was kind of at that moment that I took a pivot and I took a chance on myself. I started telling my my family and my friends and I'm like, I'm going to move to California and I'm going to do this. I'm going to quit my benefits, quit my security and follow my passion. And I moved out here, became a server like most actors or artists mm-hmm. and um, never looked back. And I love it. I don't regret a single moment. That's awesome. One one thing you said there was you came out here as as an actor and, and an artist. When you first came out here, were you considering yourself just straight up a, an actor? This is what I'm going to do. This is who I am. I think it was a little bit of both. When I moved out here, I knew I had a lot to learn because I had been out of the arts for a while. Also, I never really concentrated on acting specifically. I had mm. been doing a lot of dance and singing. Mm. But I concentrated on acting because I have nodules on my vocal cords and I don't really have the best hips for dance. And I felt like, but I have the tool. My body is a vessel. I have all of that. I have my mind and still it's creative and it's still performance. So I came out here thinking that I just need to learn a lot of stuff. And I didn't really truly believe I was an actor yet. I didn't truly believe until I booked something. I think I still needed like validation with my teachers or with just getting an agent, like kind of doing all those like rigid little steps, the checkmark things that sort of validated like, okay, I'm one step closer to being an actor. I'm one step closer to being an actor. And I remember even like waiting tables and people being like, what do you do? And I would be like embarrassed to be like, well, I came out here for acting. I just felt like such a cliche. (laughs) So there was, there was like a weird thing. I think being young in your 20s, regardless, you're still figuring out who you are. Yeah, And I think there was <laughs> that paired with trying to figure out who I was in the acting world and in the acting industry. It was kind of convoluted. And I think it made me second guess a lot of things. Yeah, it, it sounds like you, you went in with the right mindset where you weren't very set, like you were very cautious about like how you were thinking about it. And I like what you said where I'm not sure many people actually do this, but they come out here and they're they're not coming to learn. They're coming to do the thing and they have no knowledge or like to really famous, context. Yeah, yeah. They, they don't come in with a learner's mindset that's kind of necessary for that kind of thing. And I think that's a, a valuable takeaway from from how you've approached it at the start. Yeah, I think there is that realism when you come out here for sure. Especially as an actor, we are kind of already behind in our artistry in a way that we have to have an agent to get us into the rooms. We not only audition, but we need them to like us enough or for us to also fit the role enough where we book the job. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like we're tied to so many external factors where that kind of seeps into your well-being and that mindset. So the realism, I think, is is needed for sure. But I think in a way it did kind of limit me for a bit because I started kind of talking down to myself. Mm. Like, well, unless you book something, you're not worth it. Or unless you yeah. are learning this and learning that. And like I was constantly trying to like grasp at different things to prove to myself that I was where I was meant to be and doing the job that I was meant to do. Mm. Even though my inner being, I knew I was, I would not be happy doing anything else. Like I worked in fashion, my next love, and I traveled my third love and I still (laughs) wasn't happy. (laughs) So yeah, it was just this like tug of war between the happiness that performing and acting and learning and studying the craft brought to me, but also that business mindset 
I'm God, 23 at the time, so old, like starting behind, like didn't study acting as an education. So yeah, that was definitely a big tug of war for me. So you felt like you were behind because of that? Yeah, I definitely did. Like I still I still feel it creep up on me a little bit. That idea um, of like the later you start, the more work you have to do kind of thing. For sure. I mean, yeah. I'm in my 30s now. So w- when I turned 30, I think regardless of how feminist I am and how progressive I am and how I'm like 30s or the new 20s, I still feel like youth is yeah. a mindset. There's still a deep-seated like society issue, oh my especially God, yes. as a woman. Especially and I can't in imagine industry. Yeah. I mean, I yes. feel like that I could be wrong because I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like men don't have that mindset if they're starting in the industry later in life. They don't have that thought of like, oh, well, I'm not young enough. And I think a lot of that does come from society's idea of like, you know, the women that you see in film and TV, they're always young and beautiful and, you know, full of life. And you're like, oh, but that's not how I see myself or that may not be how they see me. And so that can be a really big hurdle to get over for sure. Coming from the male perspective on my side, like it could be, well, I'm not an actor right now, so I don't have to worry about it. But there's also, it seems to be an over-masculated kind of approach to hiring nowadays with a lot of the leading roles with the Hemsworth and all of the like, if you don't have big muscles. If you don't have abs, then you're not hot. No, totally. I think that's like, it's different. There's, There's still that expectation. I think it's, for women, I think it's probably more of an age and beauty thing whereas men it's definitely like a if you aren't buff and you know tall then you can't play the leading man or Mm -hmm. you know you get typecast I think men do get typecast a lot on their body type for sure yeah it's definitely all genders all people like there's definitely once again like a box that we're that we put everybody in of what we expect to see. Like people go to see their superheroes and expect them to be hot and buff. And it's like, we are slowly, I think, breaking those stereotypes down. And it, I think it does kind of affect the way, and at least for me, I am speaking personally, but I think it does really affect how you look at yourself mm-hmm. as an artist and how you fit in with your artistry. Because if you're constantly thinking about your beauty and how you look on camera and your brand, how can you be free and just be like a character? How can you be free and like be emotional and actually like live that life? If you're concentrating like, oh, I have the zit. Did they, the makeup artist get it? Or like, yeah. is anyone going to think I'm pretty enough to like, you know, I mean, the CW, that's like all they hire is really beautiful people. No, but so that's true. why people like yeah. watch it. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's just like, we're slowly breaking down these walls of, what these definitions mean to us with beauty and masculinity and femininity, mm-hmm. but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're still not seated inside of us and that they still don't affect us. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a really long time. Again, speaking from my personal experience as well, like there is always in the back of my mind of like, oh, well, I fit into this category because I'm not pretty enough to be in this category or I'm not whatever enough to be in another. And I am hoping fingers crossed that that changes fully where you know the industry can fully represent society and truly be a mirror because the amount of people that are like that beautiful 
that is such a small percentage of the world. So it's like, it's not truthful in that way. Like, I get it. We all like to look at hot guys and gals, but <laughs> like, that's not realistic, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. And and obviously, like, especially with celebrities, they have personal trainers and people that feed of them right and, 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 and easier ways to, like, yeah. achieve yes. it. Yeah. And also, like, it's but. it's finding – it's going to be interesting when we get to that moment where you have to bridge that gap of, like, you know, I want it to be way more inclusive, but also, like – if I get to that point, am I going to become that person that's getting a personal trainer, making sure I'm staying in fit because I feel that pressure to be that, you know, beautiful, perfect human being, which I feel like we put a lot of pressure on celebrities and people in the industry to be that like perfect representation, quote unquote, or st- I shouldn't say perfect representation. It's stereotypical representation. <laughs> yeah. So I think I definitely just kind of circling back, I definitely just came in already with these preconceived notions of what people expected and wanted of me mm. versus what I expected and wanted of myself. Yeah. So it took me a bit to stop playing the game of what I thought Hollywood wanted, what I thought the casting director or director wanted. Am I doing the perfect audition for you? Am I doing the character well for you? Mm. Instead of, am I doing it for myself? Am I bringing in something that excites me to show you? Because art is subjective. The whole point of doing this is to, there is no right or wrong. It's just Mm -hmm. to be. And when you're being what you think someone else wants you to be, there's no way that you can, A, have fun, which why tell stories if you're not having fun? Sure. <laughs> or B, just like connect and be relatable. And and I think it like stifles your creativity. Yeah, it takes a bit out of the authenticity of what you're doing. So to kind of turn that into somewhat of a, a question, thinking about the difference between being a perceived actor early on and moving on to the actual being of an artist, is it about being true and authentic versus being the kind of perceived perfect kind of visual representation that you're thrusting upon yourself based on other people's opinions? Are there other variables that you're thinking about in that that area? I mean, I think the first thing you said, being true and authentic, because even as an actor, we're playing human beings. So we're not always playing ourselves, but we need the truth and authenticity of those characters. For me, where I feel like I've deepened my craft and found the love of like my process with developing characters has actually kind of been with the process of the truth and authenticity of myself developing myself, understanding my shortcomings, my strengths, accepting those shortcomings and those strengths, you know, like even learning how to take a compliment is sometimes hard, but it's even harder to be like, I'm okay with the fact that I might always be someone who needs control. So how can I balance that to not make it control like all aspects of my life? Mm -hmm. So like taking these attributes of yourself that you used to think weren't exciting or worthy to be talked about or just like kind of working alongside them and then realizing, oh, like that's literally what human beings do, other human beings, characters do. So what is that character's truth? Why are they perceived this way or how do they perceive themselves? Because I think that those, I mean, you know, I could probably name a lot more like egoic shadowy things other than control for myself, but those are kind of like our superpowers as artists. Because we're taking these dark down, like 
in the depths of the oceans, like pieces of ourselves. And we're bringing them up to the surface to be like, we're human, we're relatable. And that's, I think, what being an artist is about is giving that truth, reflecting back society, reflecting back the world, whether it's something happy and comedic or whether it's something sad and devastating. And that has been what has kept my momentum going forward with the ebb and flow of this of this industry. How do you balance that out? Like one thing that I'm thinking about based on what you were just saying is like, you have to be vulnerable in that space of being able to tell stories that are really sad and like important to tell versus like creating a sense of relief by doing something funny or Mm -hmm. creating an escape for other people seems really challenging to not take that home and internalize it too much. Is, Is there a way to handle that? Or like, Is that something that you also struggle with? I feel like I definitely did when I was doing it and I had no idea what I was doing and had no words to actually explain it. For sure. I mean, I'm sure it varies from person to person. What helps me is boundaries. You know, like I am married in a one bedroom apartment. So my husband and, you know, I'm taking class at home class where I'm doing like these in-depth scenes (laughs) that that are, you know, hard and, and emotional. And so there are some times where I'm just like, Frankie, I just need to like be in my room by myself for a bit. And like having that support of him to respect my boundaries and what I need as an artist which to me, it's either to be alone to build the character up or be alone to let the character leave my body. And I do think when you understand how to do it with yourself in real life, like how you need to cope with your own guilt or shame or cope with your own traumas, that can really help you deal with how to separate your art and the personal. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I really do feel the stronger you are. And this took me a long time to learn and I'm still working on it. But I really do feel the stronger you are with yourself, the stronger you are as a person, the better you are as an artist because you can give more because you aren't afraid to go there. And and there's like this freedom of letting go when you're in the scene, but an understanding like... It's always so weird like when you finish a scene and it's so emotional and you feel like this really weird dichotomy of like I'm so sad and like mad and all this stuff like of whatever the the scene was mm-hmm. feeling but then you're so happy and like it's like cathartic that you that you did it and you brought that and you touched people so and you know I normally like have to turn my zoom camera off after class to like just like give myself a second totally, yeah. but to boil it down I think it's just alone time and boundaries of that alone time just to meditate or read a book or just watch something that lifts me up or yeah. brings me back down to reality yeah it's that's mm-hmm self-care it's I I have trouble with it too I think especially for artists and actors anyone in the arts honestly but actors especially because you are the product in what you're doing it can be very hard finding that line of where do I leave the character and like where do I stop letting it be personal was there a moment in your path where you were like oh my god I need to start doing this or else I am going to self-implode I mean, I would say I had a really wonderful year in like 2017 and and half of 2018, Mm -hmm. like career-wise. I was booking and I was going out, like I was getting the momentum. And then it definitely slowed down like the end of 2018, 2019. And that's when I started 
you know, you're like, well, what can I do? What, what more can I do? Um, can I send out these postcards? You take can the checklist I, out you know, and you start, yeah, you, do, <laughs> yeah. you start going through it and I love a good checklist. Yeah. But that's when I really started like what, once again, for me, like control is a thing, but like, what can I control? Mm-hmm. Well, I can control myself. I can control how I react to things. And I realized I had kind of fallen out of love with the craft mm. because I was so sterile with it. Like I was just so monotonous with it. I wasn't taking risks because I just didn't want to mess up. I had gotten this momentum, mm-hmm. so I can't let go of it. And now that I don't like it's I started strangling it again, the creativity. Mm. So honestly, not having the opportunities come in and really learning to fall back in love with the process and taking care of myself again, it almost was like the universe kind of forced me to do that. And especially like when we want to go places and we want to do these roles that demand so much of us, like we think we're ready, but are we? Like, could we handle it? Can we handle all of that that comes with that role? Like you said, like, can we handle the fact that we have to dive in and then come back to real life or like potentially have to go on shows and talk about this? Or maybe someone might not like it because it's more mainstream, like Mm -hmm. learning about all those unknowns that could potentially happen. I just really just came back to myself. I I don't know, as like woo-woo as that sounds. (laughs) I just don't feel like we've been taught enough to do that, to have self-care and to have agency over our lives and to be like, no, I'm choosing myself right now and my health and my strength. And, And it felt very empowering. And I think that was part of the severing of me needing that booking for the validation. And I think that's what kind of what we spoke about. Maybe we haven't mentioned it here specifically, but kind of what we talked about before. When I was thinking of myself as an actor, claiming it, it felt didn't feel real unless I was working, I was booking. Mm. But it was like in that moment, I found myself as an artist and falling in, in love with learning again and just reading books and what I could gather from like different points of views and like fiction or nonfiction or like watching television is important for us. We don't have to feel bad about that. Like it's our job to like understand different tones and genres and writing and journaling out thoughts. Like all of that stuff aids to potentially deepening your work as an artist. And that just made life a lot more joyful. Mm. And not to say like, I'm cured. I never feel pain or sadness. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe you can have right. happiness without pain and sadness. There has to be both. Right. But I, it just really honestly was a, that forced break of not getting those dopamine hits of auditions, auditions, right. auditions, yeah. pens, bookings, yeah. and realizing like, oh, I need to like find this within myself. Yeah. And I mean, that's also, you know, that's the business. It's there are the high, the highs are highs and the lows are low. So you have to have yeah. that, you know, inner peace with yourself to be like, it's okay. It, it's fine. We'll get through this. Totally. Yeah. And I do think alongside the inner peace with yourself is having like a good community to lean on as well. And especially if you're like connecting with others, you realize you're really not alone, especially in LA. Mm -hmm. LA is a smaller city, town than you think. The business is so, it's a small, small world in general. So it's, yeah, it is nice to have that knowledge of you're not alone in that situation. Totally. Yeah, I think just to hone it in, like, Hit it, home, hit it home or whatever I'm trying to say. <laughs> whatever the baseball is, reference is. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> My husband likes baseball, so I try to like 
You'd pretend I like it too. Yeah, good yeah. for you. Um, Kick a home run right <laughs> into the goalpost. Yeah, kick that home. <laughs> I love it. Um, tee it off. Um, anyway, <laughs> we could keep going. Exactly. Um, but like the process is meant to be like the most exciting part of our lives. The process of life, the journey mm-hmm. of life, the process of developing a story, a character, what you want to create. And just when you – we're all going to go off track from that. It's just – it's inevitable. We're human. But just to have a constant reminder to come back home to that, to come back home to your process and finding that excitement again, I think is really helpful as an artist and really helpful in living in this world in general. Hey everyone, just wanted to hop in before we get into our final questions with Jody and let you know where you can find her. Uh, her website is www.jodymorelewis.com and her Instagram is Jody with five O's and I believe seven I's. If you want to find out more about her, go find her on the interwebs. Cool. All right, well, let's jump into our final questions. Okay, let's jump in. So, Jody, what do you think is the hardest thing about pursuing the arts? Kind of reiterating, just staying true to yourself because all the red tape and the bullshit that the industry brings, I think it's easy to get caught up in. I mean, and we shouldn't be mad if we get caught up in it. It just is what it is. But just trying to like really come back to yourself and center yourself because we all want to work and we all want to show our art and perform and just trying to be patient. And I think that's the hardest thing. Mm. Yep. I agree with that for sure. All right. What is your favorite piece of art right now? So I've already seen this, but I've been re-watching it with Frankie because he hadn't seen it. But I love, I like fucking love sex education on Netflix. Mm. You know, I do think Britain is a little bit ahead in like the kind of the inclusivity. I think they definitely have their issues. So, you know, but this show feels to me very inclusive Mm -hmm. and it's very progressive. You see so many different kinds of shades and colors and, and, and vividness of different kinds of people and relationships and and it's about high school students and sex, mm-hmm. but it, you relate to it as an adult because we all go through the same thing with relationships. Right. And and I just I just think it's so funny, but also, you know, it touches on some really hard subjects as well, you know, especially for teenagers. It's like some of the hardest years of your life. But right. I just think it's very well done. And season two is just as good as season one. So amazing. I've been really digging it. Yeah. I love it. Cool. So, Jody, what what keeps you up at night? <laughs> the mental health issues in our world. Um, mm-hmm. uh, no, I mean, honestly, like I feel like a big advocate about mental health, and I think it ties into not just sex, but racism and everything. Every mm-hmm. single thing is a mental health issue, and I don't like. There's obviously different levels of it, yeah. but you know that definitely weighs on me. But realistically, what keeps me up at night is my cats. They they like to <laughs> jump up and cuddle with me, but also jump back down and then jump back up and cuddle with me. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute. I let them, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're like a jungle um, gym. <laughs> I am their little jungle gym, and they purr, and it's so cute. that's adorable all right well our last question what one piece of advice would you give someone who wants to pursue the arts do it you have a story to tell someone out there wants to hear it 
we need it. We need it now more than ever. We need all different kinds of stories and just do it. I think I'm actually revisiting um, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And she is just such a wonderful reminder that creativity, we don't have to put so much weight on it. Like you don't have to be, if you want to pursue the arts, you still don't have to like pursue it as a career. You can still just do it for fun. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It doesn't have to just be for, you know, kids and teenagers. And then you're done after that. We we should be encouraging and having adults. I think she has a story about a friend and who used to figure skate and then didn't do it professionally and got too old. But then at 40, again, she found her love for it and figure skated every morning, mm -hmm. like before work. And just, just to do it because it enriches not only your life, but everyone else's life around you. Hey, thanks for listening. For more information about the podcast, visit our website, www.artisticpodcast.com. If you liked the episode, do us a favor and share it with a friend. It's the best way to help people find our podcast and will help support the show. For updates on new episodes and content, you can follow us at The Artistic Pod on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next week. See ya.